Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Um, so here, here's one of the truths. I want to lay down some truths that I just feel like God has kind of shown us through these scriptures and down with, through the wisdom of Solomon. But here's the first one. I want you to write it down super good. What you lean on is your limit. What you lean on is your limit. So whatever you find yourself leaning on, whatever you find yourself leaning into, that's where you can find out what is going to be your limit. What's going to be the block of which you can live life. Now, I remember when me and Ashley were dating, yo, we had some fun. We had some good times. She would come in from Kansas City, and, you know, our relationship was so good that I, like, brought her into Kansas City. She came, like, once a month. She liked me so much. She came once a month. She couldn't get enough of me. It's actually the other way around. I was begging her to come. <laughs> like, baby, I miss you. You know, you hang up. No, you hang up. You know, it's a long-distance thing, and y'all aren't long-distance. You don't know what I'm talking about. But she came in one trip, and it was one of those uh, amazing extended stays. So we'd have this happen, and we didn't plan it, but we'd have this happen every once in a while where I'd take her back to the airport, and then her flight would get switched around or changed, or they'd tell us something about Chicago. How many know Chicago? There's a lot of demons in that airport. Oh, my word, lots going on there. So, so something would always happen in Chicago, and she'd always get stuck in Philly, so I would love it. I'd be like, all right, we good. We're going to spend a couple more days together. Woo, you know? So one of these times we were going to the airport, we are hoping for that to happen. It, uh, it did happen yet again. Chicago had a big old storm coming in. We're like, thank you, Jesus. And so she stayed for a couple more days. So we're on our way back from the airport. We're driving, just having a good time. I don't know if you ever get caught up in the moment. Y'all get caught up in the moment sometimes? I mean, we're laughing. We're talking about something stupid. I don't even know what we were talking about, but we just had good times. Well, all of a sudden, I look up, and, you know, I was from Chester County, so we're driving back to, you know, good old uh, Oxford, Kennett Square area. And on the way back, I look up, and we notice a sign. It says, Welcome to Virginia. Actually, no lie. I was like, did they just put that sign in? She's like, oh, my word, we're in Virginia. What a surprise. Now, you got to know something about my wife. Got to know something about my wife. She loves spontaneous just surprises. That's what she really loved about this uh, relationship of ours because I'm the kind that's just like, woo, Pocahontas, you know. Where's the wind taking us? Let's go. Just around the river bend. We don't know. Let's go. Just all the time. That was, that was our relationship. So she was like, Lige, you surprised me. We're going to Virginia. And I'm like, yeah. No, no. I went the wrong way on 95. <laughs> We're headed in the wrong way. Now, this was before GPSs because um, God knows the GPS was directly invented just for me because I am terrible at directions. I mean, I, again, I will end up in Virginia trying to get back here. Um, so it was just one of those days, like, we were, and I, it was before GBS, so we actually went into Barnes & Noble and found an Atlas map. Y'all know what that is? Some kids are like, Mom, what is he talking about? I know. There used to be these paper maps. 
and you actually like followed the route with your finger and figured out where to go, okay? And then they had map quests, and that was like a game changer. And you printed out the map quest directions. Y'all remember that? I'm dating myself a lot. But I remember I'd have to like print out like four or five direction packs because I need to get to the hotel, to the conference, back to the hotel, back home. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like stacks, I'm like I have a stack like this and this is like my map quest, I gotta get around, you know. Then we got GPSs. But you're always limited by what you lean on. And in that instance, I was leaning on my own understanding. I was leaning on my direction sense and God knows that is not my strength. Dear Lord, I will end up in the weirdest places, but when we lean on our own understanding, we are limited by our own understanding. I know it's not super profound, but you, you lean on yourself. And a lot of times, and you might even be in this room and you might be like, hey, listen, not about the whole God, Jesus thing, um, so I'm on my own thing. Well, let me just clarify for you, and not to be an, an argument, but you, you don't just surrender and submit to nothing. You submit to two things. You either submit to God or you submit to circumstance. They're the two things in life that you have to submit to because life happens. How many know life happens? How many have been around it long enough to know life happens whether you want it to or not? Seasons come, seasons go. You say, I don't want winter. Well, guess what? Winter's coming. Well, I don't want spring. I just don't like spring. Well, spring's coming, my dear. So get ready. You know, It's coming. Life happens. It doesn't stop. But one thing that we have in God is that we surrender, we submit to his ways. And the Bible says that, that he is the director of those who love and are called according to his purpose. And so when we're submitting to him, uh, you know, and going back to the Proverbs, when you submit all your ways to him, he makes your paths straight. He makes them straight. But when you lean on your own understanding, it ain't good because you end up following the outcome of the circumstance, which leads me to my second point. You ready? What you submit to will submit your outcome. What you submit to will submit your outcome. So again, if you're submitting to life and circumstance and just going to go wherever the wind takes me and you're just going to follow this life and see what happens, then you will end up wherever life leads you. And I hear a lot of people saying that. Well, I'm, I'm just going with the flow. I'm just, you know, riding this thing called life, and we'll see where it, it happens, and we'll see where I go, which is okay. I mean, it's very brave of you, you know, kind of crazy of you. But, but, I mean, if that's how you want to live your life, that's fine. But Solomon says, hey, if you submit yourself to the one who created you, designed you, knit you together in your mother's womb, put your path all laid out before you even born. If you submit to him, he's going to make your path straight. He's going to make your path straight. Um, we've, we've changed a lot of banks in our time because I don't know about you, but I just get bored. Um, so, but honestly, to tell you the truth, we had this one bank and they got it, you know, they weren't just, I don't know how to say this nicely, they weren't professional, Okay. So they had a lot of things that were unprofessional. So when we had those things happen to us, we changed banks. And so we went to this one bank that now we will dub and call the no bank, okay? And I won't give any names because I don't want to, you know, put any bad vibes out there because we don't want any bad vibes for the bank. So but we had this one bank, and they were called the no bank. And let me just explain myself to you because everything that we would ask of them, hey, can we do this? 
No. Okay. And then we'd come to them again and say, hey, we noticed this fee on there, and we've been really good at, you know, our, our, our records are really good. We haven't done any bad things. So, like, can we just take this, like, little $25, like, fee off? No. Okay. Well, we heard that other banks have this feature, and we were just wondering, like, can you help us direct that so that we can make the most of our funds? I mean, would that be something that you guys do? No. No. Now, here's the deal. As long as we submitted our money to that bank, guess who was submitting our outcome of our money? The bank. The no bank. No. You cannot do that. No, we will not take that fee off. No, you cannot go there. No. And sometimes we feel like this in life. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I feel like this in life. Like when I submit to my own passions and desires, when I submit to the things that make me feel good, when I submit to the things that I've maybe heard other people talk about that they've submitted to. So I want to submit to that too because if they got success in it, I want to get success in it. And sometimes when we submit to something that's not of God or not of the design for our lives, we get served the outcome of who we submitted to. Some of y'all are feeling that in your relationships. Some of y'all are sitting by somebody that, you know, you were kind of in a, a crazy place when you decided to, to jump in. And that's okay. The beautiful thing is this. God always takes us exactly where we are. And the beauty is that he's a good father, so he never leaves us there. This is what I love about God, and this is why we're redefining church. A lot of times people are like, hey, I don't do the whole church thing, and I'm not about church. And I'm like, hey, don't worry. Our tagline is, that was church, this is change. You know, and that, that's not to down any churches. It's just we're redefining how people view church. Because it's not about this whole, like, you have to be holy to come before God. Or you have to be right in order to get in a life-giving circle so that people don't look down and judge you. It's not what it's about. The beauty is what Jesus did for us is he says, come to me with your dirt. Come to me with your filth. Come to me with your unplanned expectations, with your crazy dreams, with your crazy passions. Come to me. Submit to me. When you do this, you're underneath the covering of who I am. And when you submit to me... I then submit your outcome. I submit to you everything I have planned. How many know God's plans are so much better than ours? Let's look at Proverbs chapter 28. And I love this scripture. I'm going to read it out of the message translation. It starts in verse 25. You're taking notes. It says, a grasping person stirs up trouble. I love that picture that the message translation kind of depicts for us. This grasping person. That's like grasping for anything, grasping for any, uh, any open door, you know? You ever seen those people? Or maybe you are one. That's like as soon as the door cracks, you're like, ah, it's my door! You know, and you're like, ah, pulling the door, it's You're trying to just, any opportunity is a good opportunity. Instead of submitting to an authority that knows your plan for your life, you just submit to anything that comes your way. Woo, there's a door, let's try it. Oh, there's a way. Let's go. And without even giving a second thought. And that's why Solomon says, hey, in all your ways, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't, don't leave it up to yourself. You're going to end up in Virginia. You're going to be in a place that you don't want to be. And looking in Barnes & Noble for a map to try to get back to where you need to be. And a lot of us are on detours, but we're not on uh, detours that are for our benefit. How many detours are not a bad thing? 
Sometimes detours are amazing. That leads me to my, my third thing. You ready for this? This is so good. This will set a lot of you free. Because a lot of you look at detours as a bad thing, but actually detours are sometimes incredible. And they're sometimes the places that we learn the most out of. So write this down. You ready? Divine plus detour equals destiny. Divine plus detour equals destiny. As long as you're submitted to the right authority. Here's the deal. Sometimes we've submitted ourselves to the wrong authority. We've had authority figures over our life that have spoken death or led us in the wrong place or served us an outcome where we're like, ah, that hurt. You know, maybe you had parental figures in your life that were just not the greatest example of what it is to be a father, what it is to be a mother, what it is to be an authority figure. Maybe you had a bad boss. I don't know. You, you, you fill in the blank. Maybe you've had an authority in your life that has set a course for you where you look at authority as like, that is not something I can be underneath. And so the, the vision of seeing God as your authority, especially how people have depicted him, because maybe you've had bad experience. We've walked into a space and people have been like, you got to get that in order to come before the Holy One. The Holy One is not okay with that. And maybe you felt that, and so you're like, I don't want to be underneath a God who is this judging, like, ready to strike me down if I do something wrong. But let, let, me, let me paint this picture for you because God is actually a great, loving, good father. And his heart is for us to succeed. In fact, the Bible says that he loved so much that he gave his only son. I mean, that's a lot of love. I love you all so much, I would never give my one and only son for you. I love you so much. And, and the, God would literally have to write it on the wall because Zion is so precious to me. He means the world to me. So that's a lot of love. And God doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't want any to perish. His, his heart is that you succeed, is that you reach the destination that you need to reach. But if we take ourselves out of that authority, take ourselves out of the, the, the covering of our Father's authority. And all of a sudden, we submit now to circumstance, to life. But there are detours that are divine. They're divine. And here's how I picture it. A lot of us have these puzzle pieces that we find in life, right? And so we pick out a little piece, and we're like, ooh, that's a part of my life, part of my story. So we put it on the table of life. You know, we're trying to figure it out. Oh, and then we have another circumstance happen, and Something teaches us another thing, so we find another piece, and so we're putting it together all of our life. I mean, every, every relationship, everything we get into, every job, every schooling, ah, another piece. You start to figure out who you are and where you're supposed to be. And some pieces don't fit so easy, so you got to kind of like, you know, figure out like, oh, that one's going to be saved for later maybe. <laughs> How many have those opportunities, those situations in your life where you're like, I learned a lesson there. I'm not so sure I can apply it right now, but I'm going to save that for later, right? I'm going to save that for later. That's a doggy bag, um, doggy bag one. So we find these things, that we, so we have all these pieces, and we start walking through life on the path of life. And all through the, all through the path, we find these things. Ah, okay. That makes a little more sense. Okay, I think I can actually make that out a little bit. Let me see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's the complete of that. Okay, that... Kind of doesn't make sense. Okay, let's keep going. 
and we're on the pathway of life, and, and all along the way, we're picking up pieces. Ah, ooh, I don't know. Okay. Do you ever feel like this? Like, you get a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more, and, but still, it's like, ah, oh, okay. Uh, do you know what that is? And we ask everybody for their opinion, right? Do you know what that is? I don't either. Oh, no, hold, on, hold on to that. No, no, I'm good. Didn't mean to, like, rock your purse. So we're just going through life looking around. Hey, you seen any uh, pieces? No? Any pieces of the puzzle here? No? So we just go through life, go through life, and then we, then we rock up to signs like this. Please wait to be seated. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Do you have time to wait on your destiny? Because <laughs> I don't. I got things to do. I got places to go, people to meet. So we, we try to go. We, we, uh, this is where the submission to authority really comes into play because sometimes God gives us subtle hints. But for those of us that are a little more stubborn, we don't take the subtle hints. <laughs> like, uh-uh, I'm out of here. But a lot of times God will even set up blockades for us, right? To be like, no, don't go. And be like, God, but I know I'm supposed to go this way. But it's a detour. We have to understand that God sets detours up to teach us lessons. Because there might be something that you need to learn in the detour, in the valley. We hate valleys, don't we? How many loved, if you're in a relationship now, how many loved the season of singleness? Okay, no hands. Oh, okay, loving it, loving it. Are you loving it? We got two. All right, God be with you. All right, I hated being single. It's terrible. You know, it was just one of those seasons I didn't like, I didn't appreciate. God had to teach me in that valley how to learn, how to grow. You know what happened? I started learning that if I wait and if I really dive into this season and say, okay, God, what do you have for me here? I could start putting pieces together that I would, I would piece together so that when my beautiful queen walked into my space, then I had something for her to jump into. But if I would have just come to her and been like, hey, baby, look at these pieces. You want to help me? She'd be like, you crazy. I got my own thing. And so we're figuring things out. So we, we take paths and we're like, all right, God, thank you for that pause because I needed that. I gained some insight there. I gained some muscles that I wouldn't have been able to climb what's coming. I wouldn't have been able to, to handle what's coming because divine plus detour equals destiny. And if you look at it that way, then all of a sudden detours become fun. Well, let's not get too crazy. Maybe not fun, but they get beneficial. And all of a sudden, you don't look at detours as like, oh, my word, what is going on right now? Now you start asking, God, what are you teaching me? What am I supposed to learn? Ooh, here's another one. And you start picking up other pieces, more pieces, find different pieces, find different spaces. And again, you just might find yourself, okay, this might be a closed door. This is where the submission to authority comes in place because when you find those places where you're like, I'm, I'm feeling a block here, like I don't understand. What you have to understand is Romans says that God causes all things to work together for your good. So you have to understand when your paths are straight, as Solomon says, when you submit to his authority and he makes your path straight, it means he's setting you up for success. It means that you don't have to like charge into these places that are unchartered for you. Sometimes God's protecting you because maybe that's not, not the best place to be. But God's setting you up because when you turn, then all of a sudden you find over here, jackpot, look at all my pieces to my puzzle. 
and you find out what God wants to say to you. When you put it all together, you got destiny. Because divine plus detour equals destiny. And when you're submitted to his ways, when you look to him as your provider, when you look at him for everything, when you start to say, God, what do you have for my life? And one of the greatest practices is to set a morning routine, to get before the Father and say, God, what do you have for this day? Because hello, we're human, and the days might go by, and you might get into another day and just be like, today is just junk. I just throw it out the window because it's crazy. There's so much going on. My life is crazy. It's out of whack. And sometimes we don't set ourselves up for success. We don't set a foundation for our day. Then we are submitting to whatever comes our way. That as soon as that bad email comes in, we're like, yeah! As soon as that person comes and cuts us off, we're like, yeah! You know what I'm talking about? As soon as the kids don't obey that day, it's like, oh my word, I'm going to lose it. As soon as you have that bad encounter, it's like, oh, I lost my Christianity. It's gone. But when we set ourselves up, when we submit to his ways and say, all right, God, today, what do you have for me? Today, I'm on a path. You know, I'm going on the path. And I'm figuring out what do you have for me. And I'm following saying, God, where do you? Because when you're submitted to his ways, you understand that he has set everything up for your good. Everything's set up for you to find out how to be successful in him. Whether good, whether bad, whether crazy, whether, you know, crazy people sometimes teach you greatest lessons. Sets us free. So let's define success, okay? So what is success? Because a lot of people, you know, I feel like this culture has defined success for us. And so we view success as, you know, making enough money, having enough followers, popularity, like having the job that looks like this, the vacays that look like this, the retirement plan that looks like whatever. So we have this success defined for us, but we have to go back to where the wisdom all began and set ourselves up for success, okay? So here's what true success is. You ready? Because you can gain a lot of things in life, but if you get to the end of it, because we've already, here's the thing, you have to learn from others. You have to be one that's learning from others. And if you look at culture today and you look at those who have succeeded and yet still aren't fulfilled and still find them in that place of giving up, taking their life, you have to ask yourself, then what is true success? Because if the people who are gaining the most of what is considered success today and they're not fulfilled, then obviously we have not yet defined what true success is. So we have to be wise. We have to be smart. We have to look at it and say, what is success? Because even if we gain the whole world, right, how do we make sure that we are living in God's success for life? So true success is this. I just wrote these couple things down um, for you to think about, ponder on, question in. All right? So true success is fulfilling a calling. Fulfilling a calling. God has a call in your life. And I can't say this enough, and, and I believe it with all my heart, that God has a specific calling just for you. And he has called you in order to bring this calling to fruition, to make it known, to be in existence. And some of you, that's creating an amazing business. Some of you, that's raising incredible children. Some of you, that's going to school, learning, and inventing the newest, greatest, whatever. Some of you, it's creating this, this culture around you. It's spreading God's you know, amazing love wherever you go. You know, God has set us all up with this specific calling. So fulfilling a calling, if you get that as success, 
all of a sudden you go into every situation and say, all right, it might not be about what I gain. It might be about what I give. It might not be about what I get today or who does what to me. It might be all about, God, what do you want to do through me? That's success. If you lay your head on the pillow, how many know it's so much better to give than to get? And it feels so good. Like, I remember the days that we would, uh, we would serve, and even with Convoy of Hope, when we served all day, we got there, like, crack of dawn, and then we left at late at night. But I remember that night, just laying down, it was so fulfilling. Because all day, we just served, loved, gave. Same thing for Sundays, man. We get here the crack of dawn, make sure this place is set up, no distractions ever. Because at the end of the day, when we go home, we lay our head on the pillow, it's so fulfilling. Why? Because I worked hard? No, because I fulfilled a calling. Because it's not about me. It's not about my desires. It's not about how I feel. It's not, oh, I'm tired. It's not about that. It's about how did I use my calling today? How did I fulfill what God has called me to do here on earth? So that's number one. Success is fulfilling a calling. Number two, success is living with purpose. Living with purpose. Man, so many people don't have a purpose, and it shows in everything that they do and say, and not doubting anybody, but sometimes when you're just around those people that just, you can tell they just have no purpose to life, and so they just find the most random things to talk about, most random things to complain about. They have excuses for days of why it can't work and who's to blame, and oh, my words, just even the other day, I was in a, in a car with um, the Uber driver, and they were talking, and I was talking to him about Philadelphia and how great it is, and and all this stuff, and, and he brought up something that happened in the news, and he was like, you know whose fault that was? And went to there, and I was like, you know, I, that's so crazy. But, man, Philadelphia's a great city. It's an amazing city. I, I just, I, I, my heart goes out to people who don't have purpose. We're just living life and just hope things happen properly. And, but we're children of the king. We have such a purpose on this earth. We have a purpose to love, to reveal the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. Number three. Success, true success, is being who God designed. Don't be a copy of someone you see. Be the perfect you that God has designed. Please don't look at others as their success and what you should be because they're successful. Don't do that. Don't fall into that game. Don't fall into that comparison. Please, please dive into what God has for you specifically. Learn from great people. And we already talked about that. Get good people around you to elevate your calling. Because when you find successful people who are rocking it in life and you get around them, you start to elevate yourself to the next level. You start to learn how did they do that. But please, don't be a, don't be a copy of someone else's calling. Be your own copy. Be who God designed you to be. Learn yourself. Learn who you are. Learn what God has for your life, how you're supposed to father, how you're supposed to mother, how you're supposed to be a good friend, how you're supposed to lead, how you're supposed to influence where you go. Rock it out. And last, uh, two, two last things. Number one, true success is gaining your soul. And we got to look at Matthew chapter 16. And I want to jump down uh, to verse 26. Actually, let's go to 24. Let's get some context. So Jesus says to disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves 
and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus didn't always put it out candy-coated. In fact, a lot of times, he chose the complete opposite. He's like, hey, you want to be in my club? You want to rock this life? You want to have purpose in life? You want the true calling? Take up your cross, that which you'll die on, and follow me. Ooh, I'm so excited. Is like anybody else excited? Oh, we're going to carry what we're going to die on. Woo, this is so exciting. But he said in order to gain true life, you have to lose what everybody else considers as true life. You have to gain what I have set up because God has so much better things in store for you than what we see on the earth. And that's what's hard is because all we see is what we see. But when we lean into his understanding, when we don't lean into our understanding because we're limited by what we lean on. And so when we limit ourselves by our own understanding, we're like, well, this happened and this didn't work out and that person did this, so I can't do it. We limit ourselves. When we plug into who he is, he's saying, all things are possible for those who are in me. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is out of your reach, and now, therefore you can go change the world. So to gain your soul. But he says in verse 26, he says, what good will it be for someone who gains the whole world yet forfeits their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? we got to be obsessed with making sure that we get first things first. Living for heaven. Living for the day that we see our king face to face. And we give an account for everything we did here on earth. And what do you do with the calling? What did you do with your purpose? What did you do? How did you succeed in the kingdom culture? Not on what you saw around you, but how did you succeed in what I called you for? And what I spoke to you, how did you become who I designed you to be? Last but not least, this is the biggest one. True success is knowing Jesus. Now, before you just count it out and be like, I'm not even going to write that down. That's crazy. That's too simple. <laughs> Let me define this. Because a lot of us view like going to church as knowing Jesus, and that's absolutely incorrect. A lot of us even view like reading his word as knowing Jesus. It's a little more true, but still incorrect. Jesus wants a relationship with us, and so knowing him is having a relationship with him. And I remember all the time that me and Ashley spent dating, just talking and just asking questions and just really sitting and just hearing each other's hearts, hearing each other's mindsets. What, what was she into? I, I was obsessed with knowing Ashley. And, I, and to this day, I'm still learning because there's a lot there that you got to learn. Because she's so intricate. There's so many things going on. I have to be obsessed with knowing about her. I'm, I'm going to miss out on all the qualities that she has. And some of us, we settle for this relationship with Jesus that's so far off. And we only gain insight through like a message or through like a YouTube video or an Instagram post that's like a minute long. And we're like, oh, that's a good portion of Jesus. So I'm just going to put that a part of his character. Because I heard through third party of who Jesus is. But it's so counterfeit, and it's so not intimate. And Jesus, he wants this relationship where he's talking to you face-to-face. -face. True success is knowing the creator. Because when you know him and you talk to him and you speak to him, and he has his time with you, and he speaks into your life, all of a sudden you understand who you are. You understand your identity. You understand your purpose, your calling so much better. 
So please don't just skim over like, oh, knowing Jesus is a check. No, know him. Can I just call you to know him? I encourage you in the season of into the new, don't go into the new without knowing your creator. Please don't go into the new not knowing how to hear his voice. Please don't try this thing on your own. Please don't try to figure it out. Don't submit to whatever comes your way in circumstances. Please, I beg you, just as your pastor, please lean in, hear his voice, learn to know him, learn his heartbeat. You're going to realize he is obsessed with you. You're going to realize he's obsessed with your neighborhood. You're going to learn he's obsessed with those around you. Believe me, it's going to jack you up to know him in a good way, but it's going to mess you up. All of a sudden, you'll be crying over weird stuff. You're walking by, you know, those people on the street begging for money. You're going to be crying. Like, why am I crying? That used to bug me. But God breaks you for what breaks him. And people giving up hope and setting that as their standard of living and standard of success, that breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. No matter the intention, it breaks your heart. Know him. Because when you truly know him, you start to realize, wow, he wants me to succeed. He wants me to be successful. But as long as you stay distant, you might view detours as something that's a judgment from him. What didn't I do? Why am I in this predicament? Instead, if you were cradled by him and you know him and you hear his heartbeat, you lay your head on his chest, you hear his heartbeat, you realize he wants nothing but the best for you. So you start to see detours as something that's a gift from him. We do this thing. And our, when we were raising our kids and all, we, we just kept this thing up. When we hit a detour, we hit a path, we're like, hey, maybe God was saving us from an accident. Maybe God was saving us from something else. Because we want that to be our culture and our home, that every detour is divine. If you're submitted to him, every detour is divine. It might not be the best thing. It might not be the, the most happy place that you've ever been. It might be a season that kind of stinks. You know, you might find yourself a winner. It's like, I don't like winner. It's like God says you need winner because a lot of things in you need to die so that new things can live. You've got to go through that season. So you start looking at detours as divine, meant for your destiny. But nothing else matters to me than to live for that day when I see my king face to face, and him say, well done. You did good. You did really good. I called you. I gave you purpose. And man, you leaned in. You didn't lean on your own understanding. Even though it was hard, you still leaned in to me. And I wonder what would happen if today we made a decision to lean into him. To not lean into our own voice, our own situations or circumstances or past things that we've learned or really leaned into. But I wonder what would happen if we leaned into him. Today, I want, a couple, I want to take a couple minutes and really in these last moments together, just lean into him. And I, I really, I've been praying over this moment. I believe this is going to be a very sacred moment for a lot of us in this room. 
because it's just taking a pause. It's taking a selah. Uh, in the Bible, there's a lot of these moments in Psalms where it just says selah. Just sit. Sit in the presence. Pause. Take a moment. So I want to take a selah today. And I don't know what's happened in your life, what's going on, but just for a moment. And maybe if you have some things that you're thinking through, you have, I don't know if you're like my wife, uh, but she's like making to-do lists constantly in her brain. She's like nonstop. But a lot, one thing we've learned is write it down. Get it out of your brain so that you can just focus. And a lot of th- times, even when I'm in my God time, I'll have a pad right there just to be like, okay, I'll, oh, I forgot. I need to do this at the bank, whatever. So I'll just write it down. Okay, do this at the bank. Okay, now gone. Distraction gone. If you need to do that real quick, go ahead and do that because we're going to just take a Selah moment where it's just all plugged into him. It's very intentional. It's a very intentional moment just to put our eyes towards him and just say, God, speak to me. I need to know what's going on because there might be some of you that are in a detour right now. And maybe you viewed this detour as an obstacle, but God wants you to see it as an opportunity to grow. You've seen it as a barrier of something that's like, I have to just get through. And God's like, no, I want you to actually work through in that season. I want you to work through some things because I need you to be ready for the new. I need you to be ready to walk into what I have for you. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.